In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. With Proposal 2 now in effect, there will be several changes to how elections are run in Michigan. Berrien County Clerk Sharon Tyler gave a presentation to the League of Women Voters of Berrien and Cass County Monday to explain the changes and what they mean for clerks. The biggest difference is that at least nine days of early voting in state and federal elections will now be allowed statewide. Tyler said each county had to decide whether to handle early voting at the county level or leave it up to townships and cities. She opted to offer the early voting at the county level. As I watch my local clerks, and some of them, they have full-time jobs. Their clerk position is not a full-time position. This is a major strain on nine days or up to 29. Tyler said this will be a big task for the county, requiring 56 workers at two sites for up to nine days. She said the legislature should move the state's primary date from August to June to prevent problems caused by the new nine days of early voting. It overlaps with other procedures that clerks must handle. So when you have August and then you have November, you're already preparing the November ballot. You have to have the audits. You're going to already have early voting in a short window of time. Tyler said this will be extremely taxing on the clerk's staff. Her biggest problem with Proposal 2 is that funding for the early voting was not accounted for in the language. She noted the state did thankfully approve Berrien County for a grant to cover some of their costs. There will be no early voting in Berrien County for next week's elections because they are all local. Tyler said the first early voting election in the county will be next year's presidential primary. And Election Day is just a week away, and it will be relatively quiet for voters in Cass County, except for one school bond issue and some uncontested races. School officials in Decatur are asking for an $8.3 million building project bond, Cass County Clerk Monica McMichael says the school bond question will appear on the ballots of several hundred Cass County residents. For Decatur schools, that will affect affect their taxes. So we do hope that they uh, know that they should get out and vote. This is a big issue for them. McMichael says Volinia Township has a poll open, and if voters have any questions, they can ask her. If voters have a question um, on the proposal language or where they should go and vote, they can give us a call here at the clerk's office, or they can find all the information on the Michigan Voter Information site. In the city of Dowagiac, the clerk and all three council races are uncontested. And that's a preview of what's happening in Cass County. Again, Election Day for all of Michigan is November 7. A sign in support of Israel that Congressman Tim Wahlberg had posted outside his Washington office has been vandalized. Wahlberg tells us he had a sign that said, I stand with Israel, posted in the lobby area of his office. However, it was vandalized with two red handprints last week. Wahlberg says it would be difficult to carry in supplies for something like that without being noticed, so he has an idea of who could be responsible. So we're assuming it was an inside job, some staff person. I don't think it was a member of Congress that did it. I certainly hope not. But nonetheless, it was done, I think, to make a statement that they didn't appreciate uh, my stance on Israel. Wahlberg says despite his free speech being threatened, he won't waver on his support for Israel. I stand firmly with Israel and will continue to do so and wish that some of my colleagues would ratchet down their, I would say, hate speech for Israel, ratchet down some of their misrepresentations of what's going on. I think that's only causing some of the foment to take place in our communities. Wahlberg said he had another sign put up and a desecrated sign is still hanging there. Despite the pressure from opponents of Israel, Wahlberg says this only strengthens his resolve. 
The next five-year capital outlay plan for Lake Michigan College is approved and now online. Lake Michigan College Director of Facilities Management Sarah Vanderveen tells us the plan considers all college facilities and the need for improvements to them through 2029. One major priority is doing some work at the Mendel Center. That is a project that is on our radar in the next couple of year outlook. We would like to probably phase that. And the report doesn't go into a lot of detail about what our plan for that is, but it talks about the importance of why that work is coming. The report notes the Mendel Center, built in 1978, is the region's largest performing arts center, hosting tours from all over the world. Some of the needed improvements include upgrades to stage lighting and acoustics. Vanderveen says the report anticipates a few other improvements. We completed a West Campus study master plan of how our athletic fields work and the amenities that we offer for students there. And that is mentioned and kind of reflected in some of the work that is noted on the horizon that we recognize there needs to be an investment in updating our athletic fields. However, Vanderveen says overall, the plan notes the majority of LMC's facilities are in good shape. The Board of Trustees approved the plan last week. We have a link to it at our website, wsjm.com. The Renaissance Athletic Center in Benton Harbor is pushing forward with its request for a tax exemption so it can perform major renovations. The Benton Harbor Planning and Economic Development Committee heard last week from Cornerstone Alliance's Zach Vaughn, who said the city previously created a commercial rehabilitation district for the club in preparation for the improvements. Now that we are ready to approach the commission to request the actual abatement, we wanted to come before the uh, Planning and Economic Development Committee to share a little bit more detail of the activity that will take place. The RAC is planning to upgrade the locker rooms, parking lot, shower area and steam room, plumbing, tiling, HVAC and electrical systems. The quarter-million-dollar investment will mean about four new jobs. City Commissioner Juanita Henry questioned whether four new jobs is enough to justify the tax break. When you give somebody something and they don't give you anything back, I have a problem with this. This is a private company that is not giving anything back. Committee Chair Dwayne Seats said the club has met all of the city's requirements and is making a real investment. If the city commission grants a tax abatement to the club, it will freeze the organization's tax rate for a period not yet specified so the club can recoup its investment. The committee moved the matter forward to the full city commission. The Bridgman Courtyard Project has won an award from the Michigan Municipal League. The city says the courtyard effort was given the Community Excellence Award at the MML's convention in Traverse City this month. The courtyard is an outdoor space on Lake Street for concerts and other gatherings, that was developed by volunteers and supported through crowdfunding. At the MML convention, all four finalist communities for the award presented their projects as Bridgman stood out with Bridging Our Community with Bridgman Courtyard, led by Tierra Heiser of the Greater Bridgman Area Council for Growth and Advancement. Other communities in the running were Port Huron, Westland, and Coldwater. Bridgman's booth featured a six-foot bridge that attendees were encouraged to graffiti or tag your town creating a statewide piece of art. The bridge is now displayed in the Bridgman City Hall, along with the Community Excellence Award trophy. Bridgman City Manager Juan Ganum said the award highlights their commitment to nurturing imaginative, sustainable solutions that make life better for Bridgman residents. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.